name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus, over and over, says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites. Normally, when I would read that, I would think Jesus is just talking down to them, and he's just, he's, he is calling them out, for sure. But I would think like he's talking down to them. But the reality is Jesus loves. He loves everyone, and especially those who are following the wrong way, those who are worshiping not in truth. He says, woe to you. But the Greek word for woe is actually oi. You ever been hurt? You ever got hurt? Or like you see a baby get hurt and you say, oi, oi. And you feel bad, like you're in sorrow. The Greek word for woe is oi. And that has a connotation of grief and sorrow. So when Jesus is saying, woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, in his heart and in his body, he's experiencing pain and sorrow and grief. Why? Before he says, woe to you, they ask Jesus a question about who the Son of Man is. And they say, David's son. And the Pharisees and scribes are not satisfied with Jesus' answer. And so the Gospel says, no one was able to answer him a word, nor from that day did anyone dare to ask him any more questions. They gave up trying to understand because they didn't like what they heard. And so Jesus is in pain when his children are leaving him because they, they, they give up. It's like, I'm done. I don't even want to understand anymore what Jesus has to say or what the authority that Jesus gives has to say. How common is that response, especially when the church talks about difficult issues? If you don't like what the priest is saying, even though the priest is speaking truth, how common is it that people walk away and say, I'm not interested anymore? When the church talks about marijuana and says, marijuana is bad, it's wrong, and what we're growing is what our kids are smoking. When the church says that and says our community is dealing with the devil, people want to walk away. They leave. When we talk about marijuana and the hard issues. When the church says that abortion is wrong and it's actually the killing of an innocent and that no one should have the right to choose because murder is... Then people walk away and they say the church is being political. We're not being political. We're speaking about truth. When the church talks about marriage and the dignity of marriage... And the fact that homosexual union is not God's plan, people walk away. And they say, he's not speaking out in love, even though love and truth are always meant to be united. And Jesus, he says, woe to you. But not in a condemning way, but in a way of sorrow. There's no condemnation in Jesus. He says, I desire mercy not sacrifice. Or how about theological arguments? In John chapter 17, Jesus says that they may all be one. He wants our church to be united. But then we have arguments amongst Christians that the Eucharist, and I'm sorry you can't see the tabernacle right now, but the Eucharist is not the body of Jesus Christ. How many Christians are in the world? 
2 billion? How many Catholics are there? Around 1 billion, half. The other are Orthodox and Protestants or non-denominational. Even amongst Catholics, how many believe in the true presence of the Eucharist? 30% or so is what Pew Research said. But when we talk about our interpretation of John 6 or the institution narratives, there becomes a division and we don't like what the church says, so we leave the church. Or when we say the Catholic Church possesses the fullness of the truth, we leave. Or when we say that Mary is the mother of God, not just the mother of Jesus, even though of course she is, but she's the mother of God, people get so offended because they're like, you're making Mary God. No, we're not. She's the mother of God. Why? Because Jesus is God. And she's his mother. She's the mother of God. She's not just the mother of his human nature, but also of his divine, because his divine and human nature are united. Sorry if I'm getting super technical, but there is fullness of truth in the church. But when people don't want to hear it or don't agree with it, they leave. And Jesus is in pain over that. When we say that the Pope is the Supreme Pontiff, which means he, is, he sits on the seat of Peter. Peter, St. Peter, is the first Pope, and the Pope is the successor of Peter. And we hear in Matthew 16, Jesus says, Upon this rock I will build my... Okay, that's our interpretation of Matthew 16. People hear that interpretation, and for 1,500 years, that interpretation stood until the Protestant Reformation, which happened because of pride, because we didn't want to listen to what the Pope had to say. People leave. How many people have left the Catholic Church because of what a priest has said, or what a bishop has said, or what a Pope has said? When you leave the church... You also leave the Eucharist. I'm not saying priests are perfect. We're not. I told the kids yesterday, I said, just because I said something doesn't mean I'm right. You have to judge for yourself. That's why you have to pray for your priests. All right, after these woes, Jesus has eight woes. Jesus ends these woes, like woe to you, woe to you. He ends them with what's called the lament over Jerusalem. That Jesus is standing on a mountain and he's looking upon Jerusalem and he's literally weeping. It says, Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, which actually the church is the new Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, you who kill the prophets and stone those sent to you, how many times I yearned to gather your children together as a hen gathers her young under her wings. But you were unwilling. Behold, your house will be abandoned and desolate. Jesus wants our willingness to stay with him, especially when we struggle with understanding. St. Anselm said beautifully, say this with me, I believe, I believe so, that I may understand. so that I may understand. We often think that understanding comes first. But really, we need to believe, come under the dominion of Jesus' authority so that we can understand. If we don't understand, that's okay. Keep staying with Jesus. Do not walk away and do not stop 
listening and trying to understand. You know what that takes? It takes a lot of humility. Humility of intellect. Saying, I am not the author of truth. I don't know everything. And so I want to learn. And as a priest, it's actually like the most humbling thing to know that you listen to me. And I'm just like, some, and when I initially became a priest, and I'm still like, honestly, like, I'm like scared to like lead you the wrong way because you believe me. I don't want you to believe me. I want you to believe Jesus. And I want you only to listen to me if what I'm saying is in accord with what Jesus says. And so should you listen to everything I say? What I would say is, you, know, you also need to do your own study. You need to learn for yourself. You need to check what I'm saying and saying, is Father John, Father Samim, Father Fadi, all of our priests, are they preaching what Jesus says? There is a growing trend of people that say, I'm spiritual but not religious. To say you are spiritual and not religious is really a question of authority. Where you want to worship your own way and you don't want to listen or you don't care what God says about worship. When God says in the third commandment to honor the Sabbath day and you say that I'll honor God's day by going out into the woods and praying to God in nature, which is a beautiful thing to do. But instead, instead of going to church, instead of receiving his body on Sunday, instead of worshiping in the highest form of prayer on this altar, then you, if you're spiritual and not religious, you become your own authority and therefore your own God. This is often a result of when we experience authority being poorly used. When we see that a priest is not practicing what he's preaching, Jesus says to the, to the people, he talks about the Pharisees and the scribes, and he says, do what they say, but don't do what they do. Jesus, he recognizes the authority of the scribes and Pharisees. He says, the scribes and Pharisees have taken their seat on the chair of Moses. Jesus is affirming their authority. He's saying, therefore, do and observe all things, whatever they tell you, but do not follow their example, for they, do not, for they preach, but do not practice. What is the foundation of the church's authority? Jesus had thousands of disciples, but he only had 12 apostles, and he only had one rock. And every family, and Jesus established the, the Christian family, the church, good morning family, the church is a family. And in every family, there is authority. I love when I do this. Parents, you know who you are. I wish you, when your, your kids are here. Kids, listen up. Your parents are your authority. You have to listen to them. But what if they're wrong? In every family, there is authority, and Jesus establishes that authority. But in today's, I'm going to say three big words because I'm just a nerd. In today's deconstructionist, anarchist, individualistic society, where we deconstruct all 
like all levels of authority, when we're anarchists, where we don't want to follow anyone, and when we're individualistic, when it's us, people want to be their own authority. That's why they're leaving religion and saying, I'm spiritual. They do not want to listen to anyone that tells them how to act and how to be, even if it's in accord with what God says. That's why when people read the Bible, they read what they want to hear and not humbly receive what Jesus is saying. Therefore, we become interpreters of our own truth and our religion and Christianity starts to revolve around what we think and not what the Catholic Church is trying to give us. As a priest, I am only a good priest if I am giving you the truth. And the truth is possessed in the church and the church's teaching. A lot of people, they want their priests to be super dynamic and to be a great preacher. And if we're not good preachers, then we're not interested. Or they want their priests to smile a lot. In this culture, people want entertainment more than faith. How much do you want your priest to entertain you or to keep you awake versus You want your priest to really believe what he's saying, even if he's saying it in a very dull way. What do you want? Do you want God to fit in your image? Or do you need to be conformed by God's image? Jesus says, respect their authority. That doesn't mean you blindly follow. Because if I'm not speaking the truth, then you should not follow me. But also check yourself and don't make yourself the author of truth. I just ask family that we pray for our leaders and we pray for our priests. That we are humble, that we renounce any hypocrisy. And that what we preach, that we actually live. And so pray for us, pray for all your priests, all your bishops, pray for your Pope. And in this end of the season of the church, the last week of our liturgical year, next week we get excited about Advent, Subara. In this last week of the church, I pray that we as a family, because the church is a family of God, that we continue to come together and worship. And me as your priest, Abuna Samim, Abuna Fadi, that we humbly stay devoted to Jesus in the truth. You as parents, we always say that the household is your own church, that you as parents also humbly come under the dominion of Jesus and you lead your family in that truth. And if you don't know the truth, I believe so that I may understand, continue to grow in the knowledge of the truth. Amen.